Can someone explain a Rube Goldberg machine to me? What is that? It is an off-putting robotic wrestler. Welcome to New Game Plus. You're listening to a retro gaming podcast where three guys spend seven days playing one old game and then we talk about it. My name's Dustin. My name's Kenny. Dorito Nolan. What and why? We can start calling you Dorito Nolan now? Yeah. Because you like chips? Or because you're cheesy? And this is episode 196. So the new Joker movie is going to be rated R... Ooh, yeah. Was is that a surprise yeah, for a superhero yeah. movie? Tell I think me so. other superhero movies that are rated R, Kenny. I yeah. mean, I guess there's not many. Yeah, it's a standout for that reason. But like, superhero is it's not so much a superhero movie, right? No, Joker's never been a superhero. I mean, for those of you that don't know, that haven't been following, uh, when it first started coming out, Nolan would send me like daily updates. But Dude, I was jo- so hype. I'm still hype. Joker is an upcoming psychological thriller based on the villain, of course, of the Batman series. They're, they're actually classifying it genre-wise as psychological thriller? Yeah. Yes. You saying yes. it was rated R doesn't get me stoked. You saying that actually gets me really pumped. Yeah, no, it's it's not a superhero movie for all intents and purposes. Right. It's starring Joaquin Phoenix, and he's amazing. He but I is think amazing. The R rating makes sense to me because it's probably going to be really heavy. Honestly, like it might be hard to watch it at times because I think they're going to go really deep into like mental health stuff. It seems like they're going legit R here. It's it's rated yeah. R for strong, bloody violence, disturbing behavior, and language and brief sexual images. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. Is strong bloody violence like bloody, you know, like <laughs> like no. they're like, describing it? <laughs> yeah, like the English like version. Dang. Um yeah. no, I don't know. He's, okay. He stabs people. He's going to stab people. And is brief sexual images about like underwear? underwear? Are you serious? <laughs> that one's funnier to me than the other one. <laughs> what was the other rating reason? <laughs> And I'll come up with uh, a joke. Uh, disturbing behavior, and I don't know what to... And is that talking about <laughs> behavior that's disturbing? Yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> Are you excited about it, Nolan? Yeah, definitely. I'll start sending you updates again if you want them. No, no, please don't. They haven't had any in a while because early on, people were like sneaking shots and clips behind the scenes, and it was interesting to me. But yeah, I'm excited. Are you excited about it, Kenny? Uh, I am now. I wasn't. We'll see. He's not going to see it, dude. Why'd you even ask him? I probably won't see it until it's out on uh, DVD. What's the last movie you saw in theaters, Kenny? Oh. Toy Story 4? This is a human check. um, Lion King? Oh. Like the the original Disney movie. (laughs) Yeah. The animated one. (laughs) All right. Thoughts? I am going to see it. I'm excited for it. I'll go see it with you, Nolan. Sure. I hope it's good. I mean, with the director, it's Todd Phillips, by the way, and with the actor, Joaquin Phoenix, and others, and the rating, like they've got all the parts, hopefully they can solve the puzzle and produce a good movie. Well done. 
Like in our retro game of the week, The Incredible Machine. Overview. The Incredible Machine is a puzzle computer game that was released on Mac and MS-DOS. It came out in 1993 by a studio called Dynamics. Now, this is where it gets weird. It was developed by Jeff Tunnell Produ- Productions, which is a terrible name, I think, for a company. Well, I'm sure <laughs> that's just, just the guy's, guy's name. name. <laughs> you just put him on well, blast. I don't know of another development company that's a first and last name Productions. That's fair. We, we don't call our podcast Dustin Nolan Kenny. Exactly. There you go. So if, if we call it the Kenny show, it would get more listens. True. Can we do that, Kenny? Or will you... You're going to be weird about us using your name. It, it probably would. I'm a kind of a big deal. Yeah. I almost said his last name, and I know that he would have <laughs> shut oh, down no, the podcast immediately. down the world. <laughs> we got so many rabbit fans. Rabbit fans? Rabbit fans that would come. There's more to it than just Jeff Tunnell and Dynamics. Jeff Tunnell started Dynamics. This is the weird part. So Dynamics published this game. It was started by that Jeff guy. Then a few years later, he left and started his own studio. But this game was developed by a guy named Kevin Ryan. And I'm, like he, unless I'm mistaken, single-handedly, he developed this game by himself yeah. in nine months. Like he was the designer, the programmer. Like he did, didn't do it all, I guess, because there was an artist and composer as well. But like he did all of the programming single-handedly, nine months on a $36,000 budget. Yeah, that's low, right? I mean, even for 93, that seems really low for a, for a I video I'd game. Bet, I'd bet that was about right. I think that's low for... For a game, if if you're working even in '93 with companies that are like the things Sega was doing and Nintendo was doing, it's going to be much more than that. Yeah, listen, in 1993, if you had a thousand dollars, you had a billion dollars. I'm not entirely (laughs) sure that's how how inflation inflation works. Not that extreme. But listen, Dynamics was known for making mainly PC games. I think they had one NES port, and it was a game about like caveman it's called caveman ugh olympics ugh but mostly <laughs> mostly I knew kenny would love that yeah, I that's knew why kenny I dropped would love that. you can't just pass over that i dropped that one for you kenny just you enjoy can't it. just pass over that why is that on is that on the retro master list <laughs> it needs it to is be. now it's it's going right now so they they mostly did pc games no longer a company they they ended in 2001 so the incredible machine is based around puzzles and can someone explain a rube goldberg machine to me what is that to you or for our audience no for me (laughs) it is an off-putting robotic wrestler Mm. Mm. anyone follow me that's a kenny answer kenny can you give me the real did anyone follow me yeah i followed you i followed you after the undie thing rude goldberg Oh, yeah, it it's was not really rude. Good. It's Rube. Are you? I know, and I don't think it's Goldberg either. I think it is. I think it's I, Goldberg. Yeah. <laughs> either oh, way, Kenny, you're the oldest one. What's a Rube Goldberg machine? Oh, um. So these are fantastic fictional machines that are like designed to do a task in. The most creative way or the most efficient way. Yeah, or most ridiculous way possible. So, like, is Mousetrap a board game that is similar to that? (gasps) I've never played Mousetrap. Kind of. (laughs) Okay, 
it's yes because uh, well it has some of those like mm-hmm. mechanics to it where it produces domino effect and Kenny you said fictitious I mean there's some real ones as well and then there's that big craze or phase or whatever it is of uh, like it's on YouTube every once in a while where that where college students like make up this huge <laughs> elaborate thing yeah. all throughout their house that starts with like a, a domino a, falling the domino or ping pong ball in a cup like and, and yep. then it's just one thing after another. Yeah, and that's that's what this game is is doing in these puzzles. So each stage you're like making a machine basically, an incredible machine and it gets crazier and crazier and crazier and there are a ton of levels. And it's kind of crazy that one person made this game. Kevin. Kevin Ryan. Gameplay. The incredible machine has 87 levels, I believe. In this first iteration. Although, to be fair, what, 20 of those are a tutorial? 21. I think more than that, honestly. I am not, I would not be surprised. I'll have to go back and look. I would not be surprised if the first 40 were tutorial levels. No, it's not. 21 is how many tutorial levels. Like, exactly. Highest guess (laughs) without going over. Ha, the price is right. But every, (laughs) but like technically, in my opinion, every level is a tutorial. Like the game is always make any sense. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) if 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 level three is a tutorial, so is level thirteen and twenty three and thirty three. They all have different puzzle pieces, different mechanics, different things that you're learning all throughout the game. So like, at some point, they quit adding new pieces for you. It's just interactions, and it's figuring out how to do it. The goal is different of every single level. Yeah, but like in some of the game levels, what are we calling these stages. things? Levels, They're I levels. guess. Stages. Stages. Uh, you, you sure you might be introduced to like a new piece or, or or whatever, but like that doesn't change fundamentally the gameplay. So like after the first stage, you know what then you do and each one is different like even level like 40 or whatever is a totally different thing that you have to accomplish goal that then then all of the others so okay, like yeah. they're all tutorials <laughs> so they're, not, they're clearly not all tutorials okay, some levels none that are, of them are tutorials. to teach you the mechanics and some that are just designed to be puzzles regardless it's a, Listen. it's a silly argument we haven't done a very good job of setting the scene can we can I we give people a little bit better <laughs> mental, things mental picture Look, here's let me break it down. Look. Okay, no yeah, one's going to break Goldberg. it down. Goldberg. Give me a beat. Okay. So, you have kind of a briefing screen where it tells you the goal, so what you're what you're supposed to do in the upcoming stage. Right. And then it gives you a, a little screenshot of what the stage looks like and what items you have. So, when you go into the actual stage, you are looking at random stuff at first it seems random and then on the right side of the screen you have your inventory quote-unquote inventory where you have the items that you're going to click and place within the playing field and make it do something and so you you need to look at what you have try to put together like okay what is this pulley do what is the string going to do what's this bucket going to do and then try things out it's a very trial well the way i played it i was it was very trial and error heavy until i had to eventually look up how to do it because it's hard and for those pieces you're talking lots of mechanical stuff although some really silly ones and in the puzzle itself you're talking at least an attempt at like simulated real physics so you have gravity which makes items fall you have things which can be 
blown by wind or set on fire if they're flammable. You have cogs and wheels and things that hook into each other and move. And monkeys. You have explosions. (laughs) You have animals. You have monkeys riding on bikes and cats chasing mouses and mice spinning wheels to power things. You have all kinds of different stuff. Little people, guns, teapots, bowling balls, tennis balls, alligators. Basketballs. It's... (laughs) That's the least ridiculous the out of one. all of them. And you, oh, ended oh, you on were that listing one? balls and you forgot an important one. I oh, Okay. Um, it's, we did say Pokey the cat, right? We said yeah. Pokey the cat. There, there are so many different items, most of them weird, that you have to make work in tandem with each other to accomplish the goal of the level. Like I said, though, and I'm going to stick to this, we can (laughs) disregard the whole tutorial conversation because Kenny obviously disagrees. But but each level has a different goal than every other level. So one level might be get the bowling ball in the hoop, but another one entirely might be shoot all three guns or another one might be scare the mouse into a little hole. So almost every single stage has a different objective, but you're using similar set pieces to be able to accomplish whatever the goal is. And honestly, like it starts hard. I I did a first play and I had to edit that first play pretty heavily because the first tutorial stage I spent 20 minutes on trying to understand the game, but that didn't get better for me. It, it, and it kind of ramps. Like I was on tutorial stage 11 and I was sweating because I was like, I'm still in the tutorial section (laughs) because 10 was hard. I had to, I couldn't get 10 to work. I had to look it up. And so I thought that was going to be the end, but the, the objectives start getting crazy. Like, one of them's just like dr- one of them was weird and it was like just drop the ball off the ledge and I was like oh that sounds super easy and it did not make sense and it was to super me. Super hard. Like I was like what do you mean drop it off the edge it's enclosed. <laughs> like it, it's it's very hard. I think the game's very hard in well, general. I think I think the difficulty is all over the place. Yeah, that first one, especially if you're coming to this game for the first time, is going to be the steepest learning curve. But then, in my opinion, like the next two are absolutely easy. And then it's super hard again. And then it's easy. And like it's kind of all over the place. So although it's quote unquote tutorial, when you have 21 levels of 80 or 87, that's that seems like it's not a good balance. And then when all 21 levels have like randomly generated difficulty levels, that's kind of weird tutorial as well. And and then to make things a little more interesting, because there's no rules per se outside of your final objective, like if your final objective is get all of the basketballs off of the screen, it doesn't care how you accomplish that at all. And sometimes it will give you tools to do that in a very prescriptive way. Like the level is set up in such a way that really it's a single puzzle that you're solving and there's kind of only one solution because of what you've been given. But there's other times that you're given a ton of extra things or different possible ways of solving the puzzle. And so we might both end up getting all of the basketballs off of the screen, but we may accomplish it in totally different manner because really it's just a series of 
kind of digital dominoes where you're lining one thing up to interact with something else to interact with something else to interact with something else to accomplish a goal. And how you line those things up doesn't matter as long as that very last domino falls. And See, so I was going to I said that him. kind of – yeah, I said that it sounded like criticism, but I actually kind of like that you have freedom to sometimes solve something specifically and sometimes just get really creative in finding an answer. Well, see, I didn't – I did not get that freedom when I played. I I was going to ask about that because it seemed to me that there was basically one way of solving the majority I, of these. Like I, 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 I think, was I – I thought it would have been interesting and better if you could – if it was a little more of like a mixed bag where I was like mm, maybe this will work. But the physics seemed so locked in place that I didn't have – that much freedom i had to set up the the like tilt thing and the, at the certain angle and the certain position there were definitely a lot of them that you could tell they were going for sort of here's a solution but then there were others that i had no idea how they intended me to solve it and i'm sure there was more than one way to get all of the things to interact and so i i think it kind of depended and it it definitely means every dustin's right that every level feels Totally different. There might be one that stumps you that you spend 15 or 20 minutes on and you got to move all the stuff and fine tune everything just right and rethink something and even start the level over because you've placed so many items you've forgotten what it even started like. And then you go to the next level thinking it's going to be that hard again and it's really obvious what they're going for and you place 10 items into this chain reaction and it's just done. And so it, it really is kind of a mixed bag for sure. And I wonder if you guys got into the same rhythm that I did this week. So after like trial and error for a while, I learned what would work best for me was to start every puzzle by pressing start machine. So that's yep. that's pretty much the go button. Once you get everything set, you can press start uh, and, or start machine and whatever will happen on the stage. And then if it doesn't succeed, if the last domino doesn't fall, then you click the screen again and it resets everything. So you can start again, but you can do that as many times as you want. There's no time limit. Only the bonus point is uh, point score is counting down. Yep. Uh, so the faster you do it, then great. You get more points, but that's the only thing that counts. So is what I would do is I would start every puzzle by pressing start machine to watch what happens. And then I would kind of like backwards solve. I would see what would happen, what needs to happen, place some pieces, inevitably mess up somewhere, move the pieces around again to fix the problem and just rinse and repeat until I solved it. Yep. That I, I learned that like hit the play button early thing pretty well, actually in the first play I was like okay I, I need to do this because otherwise I mean duh you're not going to see what happens and I don't know if I worked backwards like you're saying I, I I think I worked from the event that happens to the end but I was getting like lost quickly I don't know maybe I should have started backwards but some of them some of them the physics were just wonky and I get it like 93 well, maybe I don't get it. <laughs> like the PC game, but I feel PC like... PC 93, that's still relatively I, early. Yeah, I it's felt early, like they were pretty yeah. consistent with how they worked, at least. Like, it, it may not happen as expected, oh, sure. but once you understand how heavy something is and see what moves other things, it's not like it ever wasn't consistent. I think it performed really, really well. It was definitely yeah. internally consistent, but I right. do agree that there was a lot of things that just seemed weird or or fell quickly or rose, you know, uh, too slow or, or whatever. Yeah. Like there were a lot of like weird, like sometimes uh, I, 
I would think that I would have the puzzle set up perfectly and it was just a little bit off. And so mm-hmm. it wouldn't cause the pressure on the certain piece or, or on the or, uh, seesaw or whatever. And so it wouldn't accomplish what I knew needed to happen until I, you know, moved the pieces just a little bit more. So was there a kind of puzzle that drove you guys the most crazy? Yes. For, for me, <laughs> timing ones were really difficult where like the solve was easy, but you had oh. like elements that were moving or falling at a certain speed and we might say you the had same to one. like line them up just right. And those to me felt more like it's not solving the puzzle. And there was some of this in all of them, but it was more of the rinse and repeat, try it again, move stuff slightly, tweak this, tweak that so that everything, you know, works out in terms of this elaborate, timing dance that's going on whereas others it was like if you conceptually get what they're going for and then implement it it's going to just work and look cool and be satisfying i don't know which ones drove you crazy the one that i had trouble with the most was the one where you have you have three guns and they've got to shoot the baseballs i think it was baseballs into the basket but they were falling there were, you, you, know, had separate, you had to separate. You had to separate the tennis balls. The tennis and the balls. Uh-huh. Yeah, and they're falling, and so you. Yes. Yeah, it was insane. Insane. It was insane, and it frustrated yeah. me. That was one of that. I, that was the one I was going to say. It was one of the <laughs> most ridiculous ones because they're all falling. <laughs> like the, the setup is that yeah. the tennis balls and the baseballs are all mixed up, and they're nothing's holding them. So as soon as you press go, they just <laughs> that's, like that's they fall. Gravity pulls them down, and so you have got three guns and have to just move them around, move them around move them around test fail do it again until yeah that's you just literally get lucky. It. that was just bad design on that stage some of them were decent designs but right that w- that was one stage and some of them are timed kenny i thought those were the more challenging more fun ones there was one in particular that had like four pails and there were certain weighted balls that had that had yeah. to roll down and fall in these pails mm. that one was clever the goal was to get a baseball that was rolling down to roll off the stage. But in order to do that, balls had to drop at a certain time and weigh these, uh, weigh these pails in a certain way. It was just, it was, it was a unique setting, but I, that was one of my most enjoyable ones. Okay. So I asked you most frustrating puzzles. Uh, and I know we've mentioned a lot of them, but not all of them. It'd be silly to be exhaustive, but what was your favorite like puzzle piece? What interaction <laughs> was the one you liked? The that best, one's most? easy. So there is a monkey and the monkey's <laughs> on bike? it, rides a little tricycle and <laughs> like if you drop a ball, like a bowling ball on his head, it stuns him. Big surprise. There's a lot of animal abuse in this game. Also fish, <laughs> fish bowls explode and the fish dies. So I thought that was hilarious. Like they introduced cats and I was like, all right, the cats chase the, the, the rats, whatever. Fine. And then there's a monkey pedaling a bike. I thought that was the dumbest, most hilarious part. I and, actually was laughing pretty hard at that. And point. he's a source of power, but only once you pull this tiny little screen so that he can see a banana that's in front of him. Otherwise <laughs> yeah, he just right. sits yeah. there. So, and so it's even great. more complex than what you just said. It's funny. Well, one of the basic ones that I liked just because of the mechanic was the magnifying glass. Oh, yeah, that simply, was cool. 
simply because uh, you can use different light sources to go through the magnifying glass to light candles or to burn ropes or whatever. And I just thought that was creative. Again, that you could use a flashlight or a light bulb or different things uh, that that sets up that light to, or sets up the light through the magnifying glass to be able to burn whatever you needed to burn. I just thought that was creative. I'll say balloons were fun just because they gave you (laughs) physics in a different direction and had a really key part in a lot of things. But my favorite was probably the, um, the little rocket ships, the little toy rockets. (laughs) Yeah. Um, just because it's really fun to light something like, like Dustin had said with the, with the magnifying glass in most cases, um, or maybe you light it with a candle or a number of different things, but then this rocket shoots off and it's, tail is you know like on fire and so any other elements that can catch on fire that it comes in contact with also start on fire so it was really fun setting up a chain like of a cannon way up at the top of the screen and then something moves to light this little rocket that you have at the very bottom of the screen and it goes flying by and it catches the fuse of the cannon and then that fires and it's just the big flashy ridiculous stuff it's so representative of like what this game was trying to be that it, they just made me smile. Aged. I'll just start by saying I think the concept is timeless, but its execution is not. Timeless. The idea is timeless. What did you the, say? the concept, the concept idea of of this kind of puzzle that, that you have to solve Mm -hmm. and uh, the the Rube Goldberg stuff, like that whole mentality, that whole process. I think that's what is timeless, moving things around, solving puzzles. And I think there's a certain group of people that will like that. And always Fortnite uh, players from caveman to Fortnite players and everything in between. But I think that the execution is where this game ages most. I think I agree. And for some of the reasons already mentioned, like the physics being a little off is one of them. Another one. So this game is considered what? Abandonware? Is that, would you call it that? I guess. Probably. So yeah, you're the smart guy. I mean, it's not being supported anymore. And I don't think that they're worried about, copyright stuff they're not supporting it and so like you can play this game really easily today on ms on uh dos box ms paint <laughs> on ms paint because it, <laughs> on, look, it actually MS does look like MS paint. you can you can play it really easily which is usually a big knock i have for pc games like classic pc games but i don't maybe i just don't like the concept i don't know if i agree that the concept's timeless maybe it's just been like adapted into things and i don't even recognize them as recognize the adaptation, the puzzle adaptation to me, it was just like really, it it, it was a long process to sit down and play it. And it was like too long. You can't knock it for having limited gameplay. There's 80 levels and they take forever to beat. But after a few, I'm just like exhausted. My brain's exhausted. So I feel like for me, the aging factor was that they couldn't, it couldn't keep me engaged for long periods of time before I was just like done with it. See, I'm I'm almost the opposite and and a little more in Dustin's camp. The figuring out what they were trying to do and the ridiculousness of it and even some of the trial and error, which maybe is the thing that from a like design point of view aged most poorly. It forces you to do lots of things 
and then fix them and move them and kind of tweak them. But I think the thing about this game that aged the most to me was just like interface kinds of things. Um, I know DOS and, you know, that's back in the day, but you're moving it around with a mouse. But then you had silly little things where you had to like place something, but then like click it. And then if you wanted to move it, you had to click a little icon or you had to click a little trash icon to get rid of it. Or you could sometimes drag it over. And just the execution of the the interactivity of it felt like more of a hurdle than I expected it to. Because normally PC just feels really at, at home and natural for me. And this one, there was a little bit of a learning curve on like, here's how to actually play the game. But then once I got used to that... I found the diversity of types of puzzles and the silly interactions and the challenge of figuring out what they were thinking or coming up with my own solution super uh, intriguing. So I, It did cross my mind this week a lot that it would be really cool, I think, if they made a modern version of a game like this where it was maybe even – well, I think, yeah, for sure 3D, and then you could interact with it in like a 3D plane, and it had updated physics like Unreal Engine or something with really cool graphics. That I could probably get behind if it wasn't super like trial and error I th- I think that is what this genre is. I think it is trial and error E. Like, and, but that's what I'm saying. I think some people that works and I I think it's a genre that you either love it or hate it. You're either good at it or not. Your brain thinks that way or it doesn't. And that's one of the things that I think today, and I, I really don't mean this in a negative way. I know we sometimes joke about Fortnite and Fortnite. I'm glad some people like it and play video games, but, um, like it's just a totally (laughs) different kind of concept for people to play and enjoy a game like Fortnite and a game like the incredible machine Yeah, because the incredible machine is slow paced. It's trial and error. It's doing the same thing over and over again. Boxes. (laughs) I don't know if there are loot boxes in Fortnite. I don't know if there is either. I'm sure sure there's (laughs) microtransactions for sure. Yeah. But, uh, you can sit on, on a game like this and, and, and just stare at the screen and let your brain work. And it a lot of, and there are people that enjoy that, but I don't know if that's the majority. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not in the, that number of people that can have the patience to do it. Another one, before we move on from age, there's music in this game and why that's significant and why I'm even saying it like that is because my version of the game was silent. I didn't have music, unfortunately. And I think there's something wrong with my version or my download, but Honestly, the soundtrack's actually pretty fun. Each stage has different music. I think it's fun and I think it sounds good, but I think the tracks are incredibly short and incredibly repetitious. Mm. See, I probably would agree if I would have had music, but I just heard snippets and they were, each one was unique. There was like a Western sounding one to like a carnival sounding one. It had all kinds of stuff. If you are interested in this game, there are several sequels and spinoffs. You've got even more Incredible Machine, which is really <laughs> DLC for this game that yeah. uh, has that brings it up to 160 levels. That's crazy. So like <laughs> awesome. it doubles the levels and it gives a whole like a, a whole lot more parts. It gives I'm, you a whole lot more parts to work with. I'm in probably those. downloading it. 
And then you've got The Incredible Machine 2, Incredible Machine 3, and many others. So they did continue this series, probably, I mean, most certainly with updated mechanics and feel and all of those things. So, uh, you know, if you're interested in this and maybe this genre is for you, but this game is is asking a lot, then maybe one of the uh, newer ones would work for you. Final thoughts. At the end of each and every one of our episodes, we determine whether or not the game gets our vote for New Game Plus status. That is our general thumbs up or thumbs down. Requires two-thirds of the vote to swing one way or the other. I'll begin by saying there is charm to this game. I think 93 PC, early 90s PC is somewhat difficult. MS-DOS, you don't have the greatest capabilities yet. The developing... Uh, like uh, software and hardware available to game creators at that time was somewhat limited, I am sure. And so I think there was, there's love and heart put into this game. And I think for some people it will work perfectly, but I just think that group of people is, is small in number today. And uh, I just don't think that we are in a generation of people today that have the patience for a game like this. And so I didn't have enough fun this week. I found myself getting bored and not wanting to solve the puzzle. Uh, And so I have to say, I do not give it my vote for new game plus status. It may just solidify everything you guys have ever said about me. I love it. But you say that the generational gap is the, is what defines whether you'd enjoy this game or not. Uh-oh. And I'm completely a curmudgeon. That's not news. I love puzzle games. Early mid-90s is a fun sort of nostalgia era for me with PC titles. And so I, I had a ton of fun this week. I don't think it's a perfect game. Probably this is one that later versions of the same thing would be better for someone to go back and play. Agreed. Uh, But, and there were a couple of frustrating things about like the implementation and the mechanics, but those weren't a big enough frustration. Even the trial and error sort of repetitious nature of the game wasn't enough of a hurdle for me to not just have a ton of fun and feel super rewarded when I figured out a puzzle and always want to move on to the next one and get really frustrated when there's one that stumped me and want to come back and figure it out as quickly as I could. And so I had a lot of fun with this game. Yeah, it probably says more about me and what I like in games than it says about the game itself. Um, But despite some shortcomings, I'm going to go ahead and say this was a solid New Game Plus game for me. Interesting. So that is one yes, one no. And that leaves it in the rare case here in uh, Nolan's Court. Yeah, I never have the deciding voice. So I got your back, Henny. Um, psych. Yeah, Look, I, it's there's just no yeah, way. There's no you way. dislike <laughs> this more than any of us. <laughs> Look, I, I, I don't like the game. I didn't like it from my first impression, and I really didn't like it by the end of the week because I'm in the exact same situation as Dustin where I didn't even care to finish it. I was like... All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sure. Just like give me a solve button so I can see the next one because this one's boring. And I'm not even going to give it any praise because I don't, I don't have anything to say 
positive. Mm-hmm. Not to, I do have this thing to say, and that's that one person making this game in nine months is really cool. I couldn't do that. I don't think a lot of people could do that even today. So that's cool, but no new game plus. No way, no way, no way, no way. <laughs> Which means the incredible machine is not new game plus certified. That's too bad. But what did you guys think? We had way too many people write in yeah, this week, which is happened? just wonderful. <laughs> uh, but someone who doesn't write in too much anymore because he's too big for his britches, oh. Bill. He did? Hey, Bill. I didn't see him. And he said, I played along this week as this was a game that I played as a kid on my old Windows 3.1 Compact. Dang. Little 10-year-old Bill was obsessed with this game and got super far through it. It was funny to watch Nolan's first play as he had a lot of the same confusions that I originally had. This game single-handedly taught me how pulleys work. As much as I loved this game as a kid, it wouldn't get my vote for New Game Plus status today because it's just aged poorly. A newer version or of something like this on Steam would probably do pretty well. And then I gotta read that he's always kind. Keep up the good work. Uh, I can't wait for that D and D game. Other backers <laughs> need to get on that Patreon goal. Well, thank you, Billiam. Look, it's really reassuring to hear that someone who used to like the game and grew up playing it admits that it aged poorly. So I don't feel as bad saying the things that I said now. Garlisle said, "I remember our middle school computer lab having this series, and myself sinking." many hours into it and i think it's pretty visible why this could be fun like many modern stage based puzzle games you're often given more than you strictly need and having the freedom to exp- and you have the freedom to experiment to find not just the solution but your solution unfortunately here that experimentation often winds down more to adjusting platforms to get just the right series of balances to make your device work rather than play the original i suggest interested parties pick up one of the many sequels or even modern successors on modern platforms hey just saying there's a theme here and sequels well look it look reminds me right of about game, everything super this monkey guy. ball dustin you know what i'm talking about that game yeah like that game, you for sure. Like, if you watch the speed run, there are multiple ways to beat it. Like, you can get crazy. But I and this was this game's old. I understand, but I I just didn't see the like multiple solutions thing. Yeah, I, and I got that some Kenny when you had mentioned it earlier. Uh, I don't think every stage does that. And I know you weren't saying that, but no. uh, some of them do. Like some of, but some of mine, uh, my screen ended up looking so messy and ugly, <laughs> but somehow it worked. And I was like, okay, I'm not mm. trying to make this pretty. <laughs> absolutely those were actually some of the most fun i think just like it's a crazy mess and stuff flying everywhere and shooting and blowing up oh man it's great it's like chaos and then the balloon pops and you're like oh well that worked (laughs) (laughs) hookshot wrote in and said back in 1997 my parents bought our first computer i was 14 years old and excited to find pack in games came with the computer The Incredible Machine 3 was one of those. Unfortunately, Kenny's theory on sequels being superior to their predecessors applies here. Boom. Uh, I don't know if yours is a sequel. Yours is always like the second one, I feel like. Yeah, I specifically think second games, but it's it's a broad rule of thumb. Hookshot continues and says the sequels streamlined the interface and just added more variety. I haven't checked the master list yet, but if the incredible machine three isn't on there, I'll be adding it shortly. This one is no new game plus for me. Oh, wait, I misunderstood. I thought it was going to be a a positive new game. No, he's saying play the new one. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, Kevin Ryan wrote in. What? That's not true. 
No, I think he did. Yeah. Uh, what did he, he, he say? Uh, he said the incredible, Kenny's never going to believe this. The incredible <laughs> machine was a lot of fun to make, but when I look at YouTube videos of it now, I see lots of stuff I like to change, especially hmm. some of the UI, but there were real CPU and memory limitations at the time. I yeah. love how powerful computers are nowadays and also all the fancy game dev tools instead of having to do everything from scratch. <laughs> That's insane, dude. Wait, we That's actually really got cool. the guy that wrote this game yeah, to write Dustin in? Yeah, Dustin reached out to yeah, him and he responded. Dustin's not he, faking? No. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love that's that. That's really cool. And I, and I love, I don't know, just that perspective is so fun. Because it was a totally different era. Um, From scratch. So, that's crazy. Uh, I'm not sure. I... I I was going to share the episode with him, but now I'm embarrassed. Oh. Uh, no, I I mean I, I stand by it. I and and I think he would probably agree. Even yeah. reading and talking with him some this week, like uh, pl- play the newer ones, try the newer ones. This one is, it's probably too much of a gap for modern gamers today, for the most part. Still uh, great. Thank you for all of those that wrote in. We had others. We just had so many write in this week. Uh, so I, I know that uh, Patsoyi wrote in and Jonah Dab, you got yours in right, right at the end. And uh, even Astral Soul, our good friend there that's been sending in commentary week after week. Please don't stop. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely read your thoughts, your commentary on the Retro Game of the Week. If you send in your thoughts on the Game of the Week by the end of the week to ngppodcast at gmail.com, go to our website. You can send it in there or or through our commentary channel and Discord. D- Dustin, you're not secretly holding out on me, right? D- were any of the commentaries that you left out New Game Plus opinions, or am I totally alone out in left field? You'll have to go read for yourself in Discord. And for now, we're going to put the Incredible Machine to the side and you're randomly select. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I uh, hold on. Let me see Jonah Dabs real quick. He just sent it in as we had started recording. Okay. If, uh, if anyone is old enough and curmudgeonly enough to right, be in him. my camp here, it's him. So it I have him. some hope that I'm not alone. <laughs> he said the first levels fun. are a bit too basic tutorially, but when you get past them, it gets better. He said he's going to keep playing. Nothing in this world is perfect, but he likes the incredible machine. Boom. Wow. I knew he I'd find far. a kindred spirit somewhere. So there you go. You've got someone that's like you. (laughs) But for now, we're going to put all the old fogies to the side, and we're going to randomly select what the next retro game of the week is. Randomizing now. We're going from 1993 to 2003. Whoa. This is a recent game. No, it's more than 15, which is our rule. Uh, It came out first for the Nintendo GameCube. I love it. It was developed by Sonic Team and published by Sega. (gasps) That's a Sonic game. And the title of the game is called Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg. Wait, so not a Sonic game? I never said it was. I said it was oh, developed okay. by Sonic Team. Well, then yeah, I'm usually I'm that pumped means Sonic. about it. What? What? Yeah, you know, the, I'm not a Sonic game? fan, Nolan. Uh, I don't know. It, the engine is Sonic Adventure Two engine. Oh, sweet. <laughs> oh. So it is people that's connected to Sonic. I don't know if it's just like Whoa. a different skin. Maybe I'm unpumped again. No, that's the a Billy good engine. Hatcher ha- it revolves around rolling around large eggs. Whoa. Okay, huh. I'm in. This sounds what? interesting. Sort of like James <laughs> and the Giant Peach style. No, look, Sonic Two, Sonic Adventure Two engine. That's hype. Trust me. Well, well, 
That's the retro game of the week. It's uh, not too, too retro, uh, but it is Nintendo GameCube 2003. Find a copy of it and play with us, Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg. Please, please join us in Discord. You can go to ngppodcast.com and click join us on Discord and get a free invite to our server. See you there. I want to say a super big thanks to those of you who support New Game Plus on patreon.com. Uh, and that is our wonderful patron community. All of you guys at all of your levels of support are absolutely amazing and help encourage us and equip us to keep going with this uh, adventure of making a podcast. But an especially big thanks to our producer level supporters. Once again, in alphabetical order, thank you to Antonin, Ben, Bill, including your email, Dear Baby, Garlisle, Grim, Corey, Maxima, Zach, and Zion, you guys are absolutely excellent. Thank you, guys. And excellent, excellent. Nope. You're giantly excellent. Um, next, that's for next suck. week. That's for next week. Uh, yeah, thank you so much, guys. As Bill mentioned in his email, uh, you we are so close to our next goal. We've added some new goals on there. Go to Patreon.com/slash NGP Podcast. You can find out more information about how you can support us there. Also, while you're there, visit our, go to our Facebook, Twitter, Twitch at NGP Podcast, as well as our YouTube channel, New Game Plus Podcast. Listen to us directly on any podcast provider of your choice. Make sure you subscribe so that you are the first to get new NGP episodes. And while you're at it, leave a kind rating and review. This episode was edited and produced by our good friend, Tom Tate. Join us next week as we play Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg. Get it? Because he's a hatcher? Like he hatches an egg? Well, yes. I mean, right, duh. Until then, I'm still Dustin. I'm still curmudgeonly. Kevin Ryan. And this has been New Game Puzzle Piece. (laughs) 